welcome to the Subtle Podcast. Today I'm talking to my lovely colleague Dawn from Edgehill University and she'll introduce herself to you in a moment. Okay. Hi, thanks Natalie. Um, so yeah, I'm Dawn. Um, I work at Edgehill University. I'm a senior learning and teaching fellow working in our Centre for Learning and Teaching, uh, a role that I've been in now for just over three years. Before that, I was in uh, secondary education um, training teachers. Before that, I was a teacher myself in a secondary school. So that's a little bit potted history of my background. Ha, fabulous. <laughs> um, the, um, so one of the reasons why um, I asked Dawn to, 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 if she would talk a little bit in our subtle cast is that um, she set up with some advanced HE funding the National Teaching Repository. And um, I wanted to ask her a little bit what it is, how it came about and how you can actually participate and why you should be participating. So, <laughs> what do you doing? So, what, can you explain a little bit what is the National Teaching Repository? So, at Edgehill, part of my role is um, probably not unlike many institutions, we um, collate systematically anything that comes through in terms of good practice, so or best practice or innovative ideas. And these may be raised through external examiners' reports, through internal validations, those kind of things. Uh, and we were collating them, but they weren't really going anywhere. They were presented to Learning Teaching Committee. So one aspect of my role was to try to gather these citations of good best practice together and to do something with them. So we had them in a document form. Um, the next stage was to try to get colleagues who'd uh, done this innovative work to talk about it to other colleagues across the institution with a view to sharing that best practice to make you know, the student experience ultimately better um, across, across the whole board. But obviously what we found was uh, while some colleagues were willing to share, other colleagues weren't as receptive to some of the ideas because they couldn't see that something that would work really well in health, as an example, mm -hmm. would translate into performing arts in uh, Faculty of Arts and Science. Or likewise, you know, something from education wouldn't translate into health. So it was about trying to um, get citations of good practice initially to, so we, we came up with a mechanism whereby we piloted uh, the ones, we harvested them, looked at them, to see what would be transfer potential for good transferability. Mm -hmm. Then we um, piloted them with sort of matching them up where we thought they may have impact. And once they'd sort of been tried and tested and proven in practice in a different faculty from where they originated, mm -hmm. then we knew we'd got something that was really gonna be really transferable and replicable. So what we did at Edge Hill was we'd ask that member of staff or that team or those colleagues if they could do something um, with our professional staff development series. So they'd put a, like a workshop on or a session. And obviously that was brilliant and that was really great. And where staff could attend, they did, but obviously that a barrier was that physical attendance. So way before COVID and everybody moving to online, um, at Edge Hill, I set up um, sort of like a blog, but a virtual sharing space whereby colleagues could put this good practice up there. And it might even be, just their name and their contact details if they were willing to talk to somebody or it could be an A4 piece of paper or it could be the full PowerPoint presentation or it could be anything so it was there accessible for members of staff to look at all of the time then 
that was running for a couple of years and running really, really well. But we noticed a couple of things happening with that that were really unanticipated benefits. Um, mm. The first being, because it was on a blog, a virtual sharing space, I could look and I could see when staff were accessing the good practice. Mm -hmm. And it was around the times that we were preparing for um, validations or they had to design a new piece of curriculum. So they were obviously clearly seeking support, advice and guidance from other colleagues across the institution because they knew our demographic of students. So they, they knew this system was working. Yep. Um, and once they could get that, that was great. So we could actually then start to put the sessions on and the workshops and the support and making sure things were there and plugging them and promoting them in advance of when we knew validation was going to occur or we could actually get in touch with a team who were undergoing a periodic review or they were doing something for the you know teacher training body or we knew there was a curriculum change or there's something changing with midwifery and nursing and we could actually say look this is here for you there might be something in here that you could use. So that was the first real main advantage of um, doing what we did. The second was um, members of staff sometimes. So you have research and, and it's wonderful and people cite research properly. But what we were finding was a number of colleagues had some, done some great work around learning and teaching and um, found that their work was being taken which was great and used which was great but they weren't always getting acknowledgement of the academic and intellectual property so, so, they they are, found... so they were invisible to that that they were that it was their ideas it was their That's work yeah exactly spot on so we had two colleagues working in uh, in a faculty of education who came up with a thing called getting started and it was a series of booklets for their um, students who they knew really well and they knew they'd come from a widening participation background and they knew they had non-traditional entry qualifications and that was actually sort of taken and used um, with their permission but not with recognition of where it had originated from. So no um, no naming convention, no... You know. No, so so we found that by encouraging colleagues to put um, their their good practice onto our internal blog, our sharing space, our repository, they could put their name on it and then anyone using it would know where it had come from and they sort of had a claim on it, if you mm -hmm. will. Yep. Now, and, and the knock-on effect of that was when those colleagues were either going for internal promotion, something mm -hmm. around performance review, um, an external job, or for um, the National um, Teaching Fellowship, say, or for the Advanced HE Fellowship of... Mm -hmm. um, we, I don't know if you have it in Scotland, but we're in. if you remember Advanced HE, they have Fellowship of um, the Higher Education Academy and Senior Fellowship of the Higher Education mm -hmm. Academy. Yeah. And the evidence of their impact, because we could track engagement through the blog, those colleagues were able to use the work that they'd done anyway, that they do all day, every day. Mm -hmm. But because of the way it was captured and we could evidence the impact and we could see it used in practice, they were able to use that then to support an application for that recognition or for mm -hmm. that external or internal award. So the blog basically gives them gives them an, a track of evidence of impact for yes. for their work for their teaching practice. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we got that running for a, a good year or so, and it was so successful. Then I shared that at an advanced HE conference, and I did it through my sketch noting work and mm -hmm. had colleagues doing it, and that went down really, really well. I mean, amazingly so. Yeah. Um, and off the back of that, then um, I saw the call for advanced HE good practice grants 
Mm-hmm. So I just, I must say just, I got all of the evidence and information that we'd already got, yeah. and we got embedded and we knew was working at Edge Hill. Mm-hmm. And I popped that into a bid, you know, just pop it in like you do. Mm-hmm. And um, we were successful in um, obtaining the maximum award from Advance mm-hmm. HE. Oh, the joys of home broadband. At this point, Dawn's internet froze and I had to interrupt the recording for a little bit, but we are right back with you. So you've introduced stuff at the Advanced HE conference. Yeah, so... um, so using based on the work we've done at Edge Hill, um, mm-hmm. I went to Newcastle and with the Advanced HE, I presented there at their conference and that went down really, really well. I mean, amazingly. So I couldn't mm-hmm. have um, expected how interested colleagues would be in our mm-hmm. approaches at Edge Hill to share and disseminate the, the best and good practice. And from that, then I saw the call for Advanced HE's good practice grants. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I put a, a bid together um, got that in and was successful in gaining the uh, maximum award that they uh, allocated and awarded each year for Woo-hoo! that so that that <laughs> I got in February of this year uh-huh. 2020 I think the, the, the money and the acknowledgement and that came through so then um, in addition to two or three other little aims mm-hmm. um, you know setting up something on their advanced HE connect network um, <laughs> sharing things through webinars and stuff mm-hmm. the main aim of that piece of work that I wanted to do was to set up this national teaching repository Mm -hmm. so really taking everything I've just described that we do on a small scale Mm -hmm. um, but very successfully at Edge Hill but take that nationally Mm -hmm. Um, and you know find obviously find the mechanism to be able to do that a a way that staff could do that external to Edge Hill um, but making it so that It's never, ever going to, all the good practice is going to be in a nice space for anyone to access, open access, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, wherever they are, to help them to support themselves so that they can support students to, to do better. So it's basically, so, so it's, it's a sharing of good practice and it's a, it's a, basically a, a one point of truth for sharing your good practice, sharing your teaching practice, and at the same time, basically getting acknowledgement for it and having your name put to it so others can reference it. And I know there's a specific system behind that. Um, yeah, so so, so it's, yeah. it's exactly that, uh, Natalie. It's an open access, um, searchable database whereby all of these tried and tested proven in practice strategies that we know work can be housed and they can be harvested um and i mean to make it work what we needed was not just uh, you know me and and you and other people like but we wanted an ever-growing list and we do have an ever-growing list of partners um so that you know the more people who put things into this space into the repository Mm -hmm. the the better it will be so i when I first started, I, I wasn't sure how to do it, whether we'd just use a blog or a website or WordPress. Uh, but around the same time, Edge Hill had just subscribed to um, a repository idea of a company called Figshare, who I'd never heard of, but they are global mm-hmm. and they're pretty good. And it provides a platform that's completely open access. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's not behind a firewall. Um, and you can upload, this is the beauty about the system, anything, video, data, reports, audio files, PowerPoints, keynotes, webinars. You can have links to your own websites and spaces. 
Um, and when you put things into this system, you can uh, make it so that it's under a category. So you mm -hmm. can put it under digital education if you want to, or scholarship of learning and teaching. You can um, put keywords to make it searchable so it's easily mm -hmm. replicable. But the beauty about it is that it links to ORCID ID, if you're familiar with that. So you can have it linked to your own ORCID ID account, but you can create a profile in Figshare that will do that for you. That will then link to other websites you may have, personal blog spaces. It also, if you so wish, generates an individual unique DOI for every single piece of work that you upload. And then that means when people access it to view or download they then can cite in exactly the same way that you'd cite any other research piece of work a journal article and actually give that person who's created that work the mm -hmm. academic and intellectual the credit for their academic and yep. intellectual work and that's the, yep. one of the really great things about the system the system's so easy mm -hmm. to upload and to use yep. um, it's completely free and because I mean, better support that we can give to s s staff is going to mean better outcomes for students yep. ultimately. So the more people who will put their work in, mm -hmm. um, the, the better, and they'll get the benefit of sharing that work. It'll mm -hmm. be beneficial to people who search and use the repository to yep. gain and access these great innovative ideas. But it's also there so that that person who has uploaded can protect their intellectual property and they can get credit and recognition because also they can go in and see how many times their work's been viewed how many times it's been downloaded yeah. the system links to alt metrics so they can get those um stats you know how many people have viewed it on twitter mendeley mm -hmm. all of those different mechanisms yeah. as well so that's so, really key sorry yeah. so so it's so it's really good so the the national teaching repository is um is situated in the fixture database and it links with people's orchids and mm -hmm. if you share the document identification that's created by the database for you and links with your orchid and if you share the references this way you get your impact measurements you get your metric you can see how many people engaged with it. So it's it's so you have your intellectual property and you're promoting your basically your teaching practice, but yeah. as, as well because we are in our subtle class due, there's a category for scholarship of teaching and learning. So and and we want to encourage people actually to upload um even idea papers uh, if you have a scholarship idea, if you have is, is a thought paper, if you have a presentation, if you have made a video, you can upload all of that. Anything yeah. non, it, it's ideal for anything yeah. that's non-traditional forms of yeah. research. And anything like that, you can upload uh -huh. and, and that, that would be welcome, you know, because it'll just get people to think in different ways. Yeah. Um, now, in, in the system, you just mentioned it there. So not everything, when you upload, you don't just upload into the National Teaching Repository and it's just a free-for-all. Yeah. What, we, what we've done is, um, I mentioned about gaining some um, academic partners and some critical friends. So the repository is divided into, I think it's it started off as about eight and I think we've got 12 now because people are contacting me virtually every week. Um, we've got scholarship of teaching and learning. So we've got like subfolders, categories, groupings. 
uh, digital education. We've got one on assessment and feedback. We've got one on community and well-being. We've got one on HEI and partnerships enterprise. We've got one on continuing professional practice. We've got one folder that links to other um, academic and organisations and bodies and professional groups who are supportive of the repository. So in that group, for example, there's a Vera SIG uh, teaching and educators group, ALT are in there, CEDA, Advanced HE. Um, and each of these subgroups has what we've called a curator. Now, a, create, a curator is not there to reject your uploading, your submission. They're not there to reject your submission at all. Yeah. They are there to support and help. So the curator will see your piece of work, your submission, come into the repository, and then just you'll have an opportunity when you upload to say if you want it to be under embargo, what Creative Commons license you'd need it to be used under if people are going to work with it. You get your option to add a DOI to it. You put your own um, keywords to it to help people find and locate it. But when it comes into the system, the curator will just go through and check all of that for you to check that you've put enough keywords on it to make sure that it's absolutely um, amazing and it's going to be found easily. Yeah. They will check to see, um, you know, you've not done anything daft, like left your name off and stuff. It's obviously the author's responsibility to make sure that it's ethically sound and make sure that it's uh, accessible and compliant in terms of those regulations. But the curators will give you a little nod towards that if they think there's something not not quite right. Yeah. But then it'll just go on um, and then anyone and everybody can search for it, use it, and you can then begin to look at your own work on it and see how many people are engaging with it. You can promote it through Twitter yourself and put the link to it so people can then uh, use it that way and access it. But the curators can sometimes help as well by promoting your work through the repository because that's got a Twitter account and saying, hey, look, guys, you know, great new piece of work being uploaded here. Go and have a little look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's how that works. Now, the curators are, are all volunteers. They're all people with an interest in the folder that they're looking after. Some folders have... Um, what you can't see right now is that Dawn is giving me a side eye because I'm one of the curators for the subtle category. <laughs> you are, yeah, for subtle. Um, so some, some folders have one, one person, some people have two, some uh -huh. people have three. The idea is that um, the curators can stay forever if they want to. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. But over uh, maybe 12 or 18 months as a repository grows, um, we also have a group of critical friends. So, um, you know, I, I won't name drop. You can go into the repository and see who our critical friends are and see who mm -hmm. our curators are. But to needless to say, we started with about eight and I think we've got 34 institutions uh, attached to the repository now already with critical friends on top of that from different organisations. Mm -hmm. And um, th the idea is that over time, those curators may move on they may become mentors to people who who want to curate folders. Um, we can add more folders. There's no no limit to how many. So if you see it and you yeah. think, oh, there's a bit there, we're missing a folder, should be a subgroup, a specialist area for that, yeah. then yes, we'll add it. Things like, um, you know, equality, diversity are meant to run through them. So there isn't a folder separate for that. Every Everything we do should have those things embedded and yeah. built within them. Um what else do I need to say about curators? They're all a good, a good bunch of people doing it voluntarily, loving what they do, there to support and help. Um, 
Yeah. At the end of, uh, say, 12 months, what we're hoping to do is the curators will have a look through their folders and then will create a, an online compendium of an edited collection of the information that and things been uploaded into the repository over that period of time. Mm -hmm. Then with a view to putting its own um, ISBN possibly mm -hmm. so that it's a published piece of work in its own and then we'll start the repository again if that makes sense. It's, it's an idea I'm floating. I'd welcome any thoughts or views on that, you know, but then obviously in a way the, the curators will become section editors of a publication. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is create opportunities for people at every level to get experience of, of editing in this way, curating, um, of uploading, of sharing, of gaining confidence to share their work with other people, you know, in a really nice, safe space and get yeah. credit for what they do whereby they they wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, but credit around learning and teaching and mm -hmm. sharing that best practice. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've forgotten to say anything there about the, the wonderful... No, but it's, it's really good because you you basically gave, a, gave an overview of, of what it is. So we have... This is a um, big database to share good practice, to share your scholarship of learning and teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and the and I think for me, the strength of it and why I'm really excited of, of being one of the curators is that it permits you to submit things that are not traditional academic papers. It's you can share your thought pieces, you can share videos you can share audio you can share imagery you can share art for all you want to yeah. and you can put it out there and you can encourage and you can put it in share it via social media get discussions going share it in in other networks like the lth e-chat for instance or subtle chats or academic chatter and get colleagues from across the world to to comment to get some feedback and get engaged and i think this is really this is really interesting that you have this opportunity to do that yeah. it's all about sharing those effective interventions yeah. so we can really just learn from each other so that we can yeah. just continue to enhance and improve improve what we do um that's that's really it. and also at the same time you can get recognition beyond your own institution and you can protect your academic and yeah. intellectual property at the same time you yeah. know and you've got that, that evidence of the impact of your work so that you could perhaps yeah. help secure yourself a new job or a promotion or yeah. something for internal review or progression or some kind of fellowship or award or application yeah you know um, yeah which can be particularly challenging sometimes to find the evidence of proof where for any colleagues on learning teaching and scholarship contracts who don't have research and income whose publications are not in in referable journals and so um having the having another way of demonstrating your impact and demonstrating your engagement is is also a really good um, reason to participate in that. Um, yeah, so what's your experience so far with it? What, what do you think? Um, well, we, as, with any system, we had a few little teething troubles, but that was mainly around getting access for the curators for their <laughs> logins. Um, <laughs> but, but generally, everybody's finding it really, really easy to upload and engage with the, the whole repository um you know we've got like i say we I did, we started with you know six eight 
colleagues, critical friends, and now if you go onto the um, the, the site itself and have a little look, you'll see we've got colleagues. Uh, I'm just I've got a report in front of me now that I've just written for Advance HE, so I'm just reading through, yeah. and we've got we've got actually forty. There's more, yeah, more different than I thought. I'm just counting counting down through them all you know we've got colleagues from Surrey, Strathclyde, uh -huh. Sheffield, both Sheffields that is Hallam and the University of Salford, Liverpool, Lincoln, Leicestershire, Bolton, Bradford, UCLan and they handily changed their logo part way through so I had to update that. Uh, uh -huh. University of South Wales. Oh you're freezing. Wait a moment. Yeah you're back. You're unfrozen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, have to, you have to edit it anyway, really. So, yeah, so I was just saying a list of curators and critical friends. I mean, we really couldn't run the repository without them. Their engagement and support is absolutely key mm -hmm. to the success. Um, and we've got colleagues from Harper Abbins, Hallett Watt, Imperial, uh, Liverpool John Moores, London South Bank, Edge Hill, obviously, Durham, BPP, Canterbury Christ Church, Nottingham, Nottingham Trent, Glasgow. <laughs> Strathclyde, Leicester, Lincoln, Liverpool. Someone's put them in alphabetical order for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Both Sheffield, Sheffield, Halland, University of Surrey. And then, like, we've got, you know, a, a Beera and a Sotmed. I missed them out before. Uh -huh. Cedar. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, the, if anyone wants to get involved, uh -huh. they just simply begin by uploading. But if they wanted to get in touch with any with me or any of the curators and say, oh, you know, what about a new folder for this? Or could yeah. I be a critical friend? Or how could I get involved with this? It, yeah. it absolutely is not a closed shop. Uh -huh. You know, there's no cliques in this. It really is anyone who wants to support and get involved and help in any way. And if they have an idea to make it better, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not precious about it. Just let us know, just get in touch. And we'd, we'd welcome, we'd love to hear from people. And, yeah. you know, this, as well, I should say, this isn't just for, um, you know, academics. I'd really, really love to encourage people working in student yeah. services, professional services, um, mm -hmm. anyone, academic development, educational development, whatever you're in within either, even further education, you know, um, we, yeah. have, we have got, we've not rolled it out fully yet. We've just set yeah. it up, but um, a folder for secondary, primary, um cool. education uh -huh. so that perhaps you know student teachers can put their work in them and share some yeah. of their resources or yeah. qualified teachers can do the same yeah um, so yeah just, yeah just get in touch is, yeah. is what i'd say and so so what I what I'm going to do is I'll put the link for where you can submit into the repository underneath the underneath the podcast and also I'll put Dawn's Twitter handle there so you can get yeah. in touch with Dawn as well yeah. if you have any questions my, my email on there as well if you uh -huh. want and um and yeah and as Dawn said we it's it's not just for academic staff also learning technologists uh librarians yeah. if you want to share material um you have developed then please submit share and, and then, you um, know it could be teams there around student services have got stuff you know that's uh -huh. specific to uh, the big read book reading how they're supporting students on that first yeah. week induction that's just slightly outside of the you know the yeah. academic I don't like to keep <laughs> use that term but it's you know uh, learning services now with all the support and help and guidance they've got around you know developing great reading lists using yeah. things online in different ways you know that mm -hmm. 
it gives them that um, support as well and that acknowledgement of the hard work that they're doing and the great quality stuff that they're producing. So if it's all in one central place, it's just going to make it so much easier for us all to find and access and use exactly. and share. Yeah. And because of the categories and the tagging, so it's easier, it's easy to find and to navigate. It's easy to find. And, it's, and because you know it's already been tried and tested somewhere else, you know it's likely to work. And each piece has a, an abstract at the beginning, so you can read it to see if it's you think it's going to be mm -hmm. something suitable for you. And it's already categorized and been sorted into an area, um, you know. So it's, uh, you know, that some of the stuff that's gone on there already is absolutely... You know, it's, it's blown my mind. It's really, really great stuff. You know, and it's otherwise it's stuff that otherwise just wouldn't get seen. Think about all the colleagues over the past, you know, six, eight months. Yeah. When we've had, uh, and all the work that has happened, exactly. Done loads of work and it's not seen. You know, people who've done loads of webinars and free webinars and talking yeah. about moving to online, the online pivot, it, it doesn't have a home because it yeah. isn't in an academic journal and yeah. it's a lot of work and people haven't had anywhere to put that to be able to get the recognition that it deserves and this space yeah. you know i hope people will use and then they can get that acknowledgement um yeah. you know and and sharing and get the ben other people can get the benefit of that great work you know so it just puts it in one place exactly that's, that's the idea <laughs> so said your final words the one yeah, well, it's, it's up and running fig shares there and i couldn't have done this without liam bullingham i should say that at ed chili's our fig share guy and megan hartman Mm -hmm. um, from Figshare who's been yeah. amazing and the technical support guys at Figshare yeah. you know, at, at this point in time you know they've done this for for no no money at, uh -huh. at the moment um, <laughs> so they've yeah. done a cracking job um, helping to support it you know it's good that they buy into the, the vision as well so mm -hmm. yeah That's I great. Think just, just put stuff in there and let's uh, see how it goes let us know if there's anything we can do to improve it but it's there and it's working and it's up and running mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe if you could put the link yeah. to the actual welcome folder, you know, that explains yeah. in a much simpler, easier way <laughs> everything that I've waffled on about for the past 20 minutes in this uh, <laughs> I, I will do this. I'll put the, I put the link to the welcome folder in and, uh, yeah. and the link to the submission as well. And, and then as this report goes live that I've just written for um, Advanced HE, it'll be on their good practice bit. I can probably tag that into it as well. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted this one to get approved first. I've not, I've finished it. I've sent it in, but I just need them to check it for tweaking. Okay, fabulous. So um, thank you, Dawn, for introducing the National Teaching Repository. And, welcome. Um, and as, you've, as you've heard, there are different categories you can submit to. Um, the one I'm, of course, most interested in is the subtle yeah. one. <laughs> so send us subtle stuff. Um, send us things you've done from infographics to webinars and share a share lot online. And I'll post the links. Thank you, Dawn, for joining us today. And I hear you all, or better, you hear me in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>